Welcome to Scalable and Saleable, where we find out what great entrepreneurs have done to scale their businesses to millions. Stay right here for the next few minutes to leverage validated methodologies for growth and create a way more scalable and more sellable business for yourself. Let's get started. Would you mind telling our audience just a little bit more about you and who you are in your, in your business? Yeah, I'm Robert Hessel. I'm the CEO of a company called Source One Solutions. We're headquartered here in uh, in Clearwater, Florida, with offices in uh, Dublin and uh, just outside of London in a town called Reading in the United Kingdom. And we are a channel-based managed services company. So everything from the desktop that we're working on today, all the way to technologies touching the enterprise infrastructure in a data center. We perform professional services on globally, as well as SLA-driven support around managing, monitoring, and maintaining those devices. So currently, I think we have uh, contracts in about 118 countries for our customers. Uh, and uh, again, uh, a happy focus uh, out of our 24 by 7 support here that we run out of, out of the Clearwater area. Yeah, that's amazing. And just a fun fact, my wife is in London right now. Um, it's a great city. One of my favorite cities on the planet, actually. Uh, we could do a whole video about Borough yeah. Market. And just, yeah, I love London. Yeah. Um, so Dreams. so you've you've started a company that's grown to over 100 countries that you're doing business. And what do you attribute your growth to? But not losing customers. So because we sell through the channel, um, a lot of times we're not in control of a specific contract. Our, our customer is, is selling a certain part of the services and they come to us and contract us to do a piece of that or more, depending upon the, the, the type of client that we have. So they could lose a, a, con, a, con, a contract that um, we maybe performed incredibly well, um, but for whatever reason, uh, the, their customers migrated because the salesperson left and went to another company or, or what have you. So our, our biggest thing is, you know, rather than sit and focus on growth and we don't, we don't spend a lot of time talking about sales. We don't have sales targets here. What we do talk about is retaining our customers. How, how do we make, how do we make sure that our customers know we're in technology, so nothing ever goes as planned or perfect. But what our customers want is they want to know that, one, when it, things go badly, we try to let them know in advance, and then we don't hide. We answer our phone, we tell you what's going on, and they know that our team is going to move mountains to get things done for them, even when things don't go as planned. That's incredible because sometimes the secret is right in front of you. And, and you're right. So many businesses put so much focus on the next lead, the next new sale, and and don't really put the focus that you just described on attrition and the churn. And, you know, if, if the entrepreneur is watching this, if you think if you had every customer you ever had how much bigger your business would be that's fantastic yeah i mean we've got a lot of our a lot of our still today our our top you know if we looked at our top 10 customers they've been customers almost since the inception of the business 12 years ago wow. and i think that just it speaks to the longevity of our team as well yeah. i mean we 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 celebrate anniversaries of our team. It's a major thing here, and I've I've celebrated more five plus year anniversaries in the last couple of years. And it's just you know those are the types of things that make you retain customers. Yeah, that's the trust great. Level. Yep, love it. Um, I'm sure you've learned a lot along the way. 
based off your past experiences, if you were to come into a brand new company, what would be some of the first things that you think you would look into to start growing it? Well, I'd look at my own personal network. Like, uh, what does my personal network look like to be successful if I'm going to launch a new company? Um, if 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 I don't know anybody in the industry uh, and I don't have the right contacts, then it's going to be a pretty difficult venture to just go into something to blindly and have to pick up the phone and dial and try to cold call people and, and get in. So I'd look at I look at first of all the the, the network that I have. So that I can influence things, especially in that startup phase, and you know what what type of business is it, and how how and I think this is the most important thing. How cash intense is that business, and you know do I have the cash flow to be able to get from you know that startup phase into the first phase of business when you start having five, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. nine, ten employees? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you feel most small business owners do wrong? I think they don't understand cash flow. I mean, I didn't. So it was actually a really good friend of mine today who I did business with. We were really behind on a significant amount of money. And, you know, he gave me a really a proper telling off. If you use a London, London term, a proper telling off about (laughs) understanding numbers. And it was that really at that point that I started to become a student of numbers. And, and I think, you know, I think a lot of business owners make the mistake of waiting too long to bring a financial person into their company. Yeah. Minimum a controller. You, you may not need a CFO straight away, but you definitely have to have a controller and be able to understand money and understand cash flow because you can have all the business in the world. But if you don't have any money to do it, you you know, it doesn't it doesn't do you any good. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Most don't pay attention to that piece. And and I think a lot of people that are new to business don't even realize that some of the fastest growing businesses that they put on a pedestal pedestal are actually losing money um uh what's been a one of the most influential business books you've read or listened to if any it's 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 hard no it's hard to pick one you know when i was younger i wasn't a big reader like i'm i'm assuming we're kind of in the same age group you and i and but do you remember the book club the pizza hut used to do you had to read a book and you got the pizza party did you have that in your school did you have oh it? man or no i don't remember i wasn't a I reader in high school in school uh, either i was i was the kid that if my parents didn't crack me upside the head i would have blown the pizza party for the class i just didn't want to read oh it my just, god i wanted to play sports and do everything else so it wasn't until later in life that i really started reading and i've read so many right. great books i think it really depends on the timing yeah on what you yeah. think but i think probably one of the best books i've ever read is uh by chris voss never split the difference yeah. Because it applies to so many things because it's about it's about negotiation with your yeah. employees and negotiation with your customers, with your partners. So I think that's probably if I could give somebody one book and say, read this, that would be the first one I'd hand. Mm-hmm. You're making me want to go back and go through it again. It's been a, it's a great book, isn't it? I've recommended that one as well. That's a great, fantastic yeah. book you're right. Yep. Um, if, if you could go back in time to when you were first starting out and say one thing to younger you, what would you say? Understand cash flow, like become a big, become a very big student of cash flow uh, and your finance side of things. Um, As I said, you you can have as much business on the planet, but if you can't deliver it because you don't have the cash to operate and get through to that time, because customers don't pay on time. Well, most customers don't pay on time. You know, depending upon your customer size, a lot of our customers want net 90. And so, you know, from the time we start a project and have to pay people to by the time they finally pay us, because they don't pay in 90 days either. It's always more like 120. You really got to be able to understand the, the deals that you're doing and make sure that you can survive 
while delivering them. Right. And you think about like the revenue of that customer, but then once you subtract all the expenses and how much you're actually yeah. profiting from, from that, you know, uh, um, what questions should I be asking you that I haven't? Um, I think um, I think maybe a good question that I've been talking to people lately is what are the opportunities in, in the marketplace? And I don't know if this is necessarily just in the IT world, but it's the one that I have the most experience on is, you know, I think we're, we're coming into a, a, a weird time with a lot of opportunity because yeah. a lot of the a lot of the really great talent is kind of getting towards the end of their career. And there's a big gap in between. The, the guys that are coming to the end and the guys that are entering the marketplace. And there's a difference in not everybody, but there's a big difference in work, work ethic too. And so I think right now, especially in technology for somebody, you know, that instead of coming through the door and thinking, because you got a certification or you went to college and thinking that you should be making 150 grand a year, but I still have to explain to you how to do the business. You're probably not there yet. So I think there's a big opportunity for guys that are, or gals that are willing to come in and work, work hard. If you work hard and you put your nose down and you're really, and you're really, putting all the effort in, you can accelerate, especially in my industry, to that top tier pay pay scale, uh, influence in the company, management, if that's what you're looking for. But uh, unfortunately, there's just a lot of people that think that they should just start at the very top. And, yeah. and there's a big gap between the guys that are retiring and, and the extreme talent and yeah. people entering the market. So yeah. good advice. Yeah. Any yeah. parting, any parting words of advice for other business owners, entrepreneurs that are in the trenches right now and looking to grow? Yeah, uh, I, I would say, you know, that that network we talked about earlier, it's just as important, not just from getting customers, but to have a network of of people that have walked a mile in your shoes, hopefully a little further than you have that you can ring, pick up the phone and ring them and be like, you're not going to believe this. And pretty, pretty typical. The response is they laugh and they're like, you don't think God, I go through the same things, you know, because the problems that we all share in entrepreneurship are, are almost similar, no matter what the business is. So yeah. you need to have a good network of people and, and be humble and listen and take some good advice and uh, you can get to where you want to be a lot faster. Preach. I couldn't agree more <laughs> with that one right there. Yeah. <laughs>